very heavy, uh, earthbound uh, defilements. Orambhagiya, uh, that is, they belong to the heavy side, downside. There are other defilements, five more. They are light but more subtle. One of them is called conceit. Conceit. Conceit, I am. No matter what you attain, how far you have attained your awakening, you have this notion of I am. This is the most difficult notion to get rid of. I am. So this Venerable Kiyamaka said, I have not uh, attained full enlightenment, but I still have this notion of I am. Then they asked this monk, do you find your notion of I am in your body? He said, no. Feelings? No. Perception? No. Volitional formations? Oh, no. And consciousness? No. He answered, he, he, he replied that he does not find the notion of I in any of these five aggregates. Then they asked him, if you don't find the notion of I in any of these five aggregates, how can you say that you have the attachment to I if you don't find it any of these aggregates? How do you know? How can you say that you don't you have attachment to I? Notion of I. Then Venerable Kemaka explained, suppose there is a lotus flower. In that lotus flower, there is fragrance. Where is the fragrance? Paddle, stalk or pistols? You don't find fragrance in any one particular place of these three, paddle, stalk or pistol. And yet, fragrance is there. So they did not get the message. Then he gave another simile. That simile, suppose you have your laundry, you give your laundry to laundryman to wash them. He used various types of detergents to clean your clothes. After cleaning, he brings and delivers it to you. Then you find some smell of detergents. The detergent that you use to wash the clothes has some smell. That smell still is in your clothes, clean clothes. How do you get rid of that? You have to use very strong, powerful deodorizer, and then you get rid of it. Then, while he is saying this, he pointed out to these monks, what is this strong deodorizer that you used to get rid of this 
smell. That final disorderizer is the knowledge, awareness, understanding of impermanence. As he was explaining to these monks that it is the last stroke of your the, in the in your practice is the knowledge, awareness, understanding, comprehension well of impermanence is the last step of attaining liberation from the notion of I, self, I consciousness. Now you see how important it is in the practice of minded meditation, the most vipassana meditation especially, the most important thing to practice is the awareness, understanding, comprehending the truth of impermanence. Impermanence, friends, is not uh, something uh, uh, trivial. Impermanence is the truth. Truth, <coughs> once you understood the truth, you will be very delighted. As long as you don't understand the truth, you will be uh, you will be groping in the dark, not knowing where to go. You practice vipassana meditation hundred years without seeing impermanence. You will never get anywhere. I tell you that. Practice vipassana meditation. You say you feel very gorgeous. You feel peaceful. You will feel floating in the air. You are conscious. You are relaxed. Uh, you get along with people. All these are simply fish benefit. Ephemeral, superficial. The truth, true knowledge, insight, awareness is you gain only when you see impermanence. Because when you see impermanence, it opens the door to unsatisfactoriness and selflessness. There is another discourse in this book that is called Anatta Lakkana Sutta. Anatta Lakkana Sutta. Discourse on the characteristic of selflessness. Anatta Lakkana. That discourse. Buddha begins with <clears throat> is a very, very important Rupang Bhikkave Anatta Rupang Bhikkave Atta Abhavishana Idang Rupang Abhavada Sangmati Nacha Labbati Rupe Evang Me Rupang Hotu Evang Me Rupang Maho Siti Because this body, the body is without self if the body were to body were self, then this body is not subject to change, afflictions. Then Buddha said, because do you think this body is permanent or impermanent? The monk said, impermanent. 
that which is impermanent is it satisfactory or unsatisfactory unsatisfactory if something is impermanent unsatisfactory is it uh, wise to think that it has self no vendable self no if something no, if something is uh, impermanent unsatisfactory then you don't find something permanent self something some entity called permanent self in order to prove that there is no self the first premise the buddha used is impermanence impermanence so we have to uh this called um, ask me uh, what called notion of uh, to get rid of the notion of self and then there is another discourse that is also very important we repeat it very often impermanence is the established dhamma root of dhamma nature of dhamma and buddha said upadava bhikkhu tathagatana anupadava tathagatana pardon me for saying things in pali because that is a part of our training ಉಪಾದಾಭಿಕ್ವೇತಾಗತಾಂಗಾಧಾಗತಾಂಗಿಸಂಬುಜಿತಿಸಮೇತಿಭಜತಿಸಂಕಾರಿಚಾತಿ whether the buddhas come into existence or not this established dhamma this truth this uh, root of dhamma this nature of dhamma exist remember these three word established dhamma root of dhamma nature of dhamma exist what is the established dhamma root of dhamma nature of dhamma sabbe sankara anicca all conditioned things are impermanent all conditioned things are impermanent this is established dhamma nobody establish it this is established truth dhamma here means truth established truth all conditioned things are impermanent established truth all conditioned things are impermanent is the root of dhamma root of truth you go you find the root in a verb you can find root of verb when you learn grammar you know that uh, element element of dhamma the root of dhamma is impermanence then nature of dhamma law of dhamma is impermanent 
See these three words Buddha used to emphasize the importance of knowing impermanence. So you cannot run away from it. You are in it. We all are in it. We all are in the element of Dhamma. We all are in the root of Dhamma. And we all are in the nature of Dhamma. Therefore, Dhamma means the truth. In the truth, <coughs> there is no place to hide. Now, whether the Buddhas come into existence or not, this established Dhamma is there. Buddha did not discover the, Buddha did not create. He simply realized that things are impermanent and wanted us to learn, us to realize it exactly as it is, so that we also will be free from confusion, uh, defilements and suffering. In order to liberate ourselves from suffering, we must understand impermanence. Friends, these are things that we experience every day. Friends, <clears throat> uh, I don't uh, uh, pick one particular person or an individual. Don't please don't think that way. I say that when somebody passes away, why we lament, why we cry, why we have sorrow, grief. Some people get so distraught, they are so grief-stricken, they lament, they're depressed, they even have to go to psychiatrist to get treatment. Because the death is something uh, they never expect. They never expect. But can you avoid it? Can we stop it? No way. So, if we know it in advance, every moment, beautiful person, lovely person, healthy person, very compassionate person, supporting person, doing all kind of wonderful things in the society, particularly to us. We feel sad when the person passes away, because we are so much attached to the person. Now, while understanding the person is so lovely, friendly, compassionate, helpful, marvelous, wholesome, and so forth and so on. There we must keep at the back of our mind, in our subconscious mind, and yet, in spite of all these things, this person, or I, one of us will go. One of us will pass away, either he or she, me. This happens to all of us. 
So understanding impermanence is a very wise, mature, insightful attitude towards life. Insight meditation, mindfulness meditation, we develop this very deep, profound insight, this wisdom, we develop it. We, we cannot hide, we cannot run away from this. We know this is happening. From the, mo- from the moment we are born till we pass away, this is what has been happening, what will happen, what is happening now. And therefore, whether the Buddhas come into existence or not, this established truth exists. Somebody can, may think, uh, well, uh, before enlightenment, as, an, as average persons, uh, we go through impermanence. Can, after attainment, enlightenment, can we make impermanent permanent? Somebody can ask. Can the Buddhas make impermanent permanent? No way. Not even the Buddha can make impermanent permanent. And the Buddha also passed away. So no on earth any living beings can make impermanent permanent. That is why it is called established Dhamma, established truth, established law, root of law, root of Dhamma, root of truth, law of Dhamma. So, What the Buddhas do, they realize it, understand it, having realized, having understood, they explain, expound, uh, analyze, teach, make it known, advise to others, all this they they, uh, announce, point out, and uh, describe, uh, explain uh, to the world that all conditioned things are impermanent. So, our duty is to obey this law. We have to obey this established truth. Surrender to this established truth. That doesn't mean that we don't do anything, just sit, lie on the road for a truck to run over or commit suicide. No, friends, that is not wise, insightful attitude. Wise, insightful attitude is do what you have to do in everyday life. We do everything that we are supposed to do within ethical, moral limit. At the same time, we must think, yet, in spite of all this, one day we will pass. And that is happening to us every fraction of a second, every day. So, 
The benefit of this is that our greed, hatred, and delusion will reduce. We can treat people in a very friendly way because we all are in the same boat. We all are on the same page. We all are subject to the same law, same established truth, and therefore why this hatred, anger, resentment towards each other. We live together. That is one benefit. Another benefit is when we know that we all are impermanent, it is very easy for us to practice metta, loving friendliness, because you and I are not different in this, in this respect. You are going to pass away, I'm going to pass away. And you and I must have a, must live in this very short, temporary, impermanent life in friendliness. We learn to work together in friendliness. We learn to live together in friendliness. That way we learn to practice metta, have compassion, have wholesome, wonderful, noble attitude towards each other. So there are such wonderful benefits of knowing impermanence. Above all, we can, we can reduce our anxiety, worry, and tension. Bad things are impermanent as well as good things. When something bad happens to us, we don't have to be depressed. It passes, just like good things. It passes. It doesn't stay forever in us. So, <clears throat> many people attain full enlightenment by knowing impermanence uh, very clearly. In that story that I mentioned of Kemaka, that is only one place in entire teachings of the Buddha that the teacher as well as the listeners, audience, attain the enlightenment simultaneously at the same time. When Venerable came to attain enlightenment while explaining the way how to get rid of the notion of self by focusing mind on impermanence, the listening monks also paid because Venerable Kemika brought the whole very climax to a very important point and said, this is what we have to do. That means we have to practice impermanence, understand impermanence in order to get into the notion of self. Those monks who are listening to him also with the same attitude, focusing entirely on his Dhamma talk, his explanation, they all attained full enlightenment, liberated all of them, 
At the same time, when the Balkemaka, the teacher, the preacher, also attained enlightenment simultaneously. This is only one place we can see that both audience and the preacher or teacher attained the enlightenment simultaneously while paying attention to impermanence. So you can see how important impermanence is. I think with this little talk, I don't think it is too boring, but even though sometimes, you know, some very profound, deep, meaningful talks can be very boring, and yet for the mindful, inside people, insightful people, that is a very profound, important moment. And I want you all to remember this, not only during this retreat, but for the rest of your life. Next time when you come here, I may not be here. Impermanent. Okay? With this, I let you go. <laughs>